Hi there, everyone. Uh, my name is Seth, and I am delighted to be with you today. What you're listening to is the first episode of a podcast called Honesty is My Religion. And um, what I'm doing in this first episode is just taking the time to, I guess, explain why I'm here. Because um, I guess in my heart and my mind, the details matter of the background of this. And I think that's just part of the narrative in the story that I want to tell is that I'm here uh, doing this thing and putting it out there. I was talking to my friend Matt this week. Um, every other Wednesday, I help out at this little joint called um, Art House Cinema and Pub in Billings, Montana. My friend Matt runs the place, and we hadn't hung out in about six weeks um, because of you know just some COVID stuff. And I was busy doing some coaching at my job because I'm a high school teacher, and so I hadn't seen Matt in like six weeks. And I talked to Matt, and he asked me how the podcast stuff was coming, and I told him I'm terrified to put this out there. And he asked why. And I simply just said, because I think when you do something like this, you're bearing your soul to people in a way. And it's a way in which they are then welcome to criticize it and judge it. And I think there's some fear in that, that I'm putting my soul out here and my person for people to see. And I don't know what's going to come of that. And so if I'm being honest, um, this is terrifying. So thanks for listening. Uh, I'm scared shitless. So here we go. <laughs> um, the The planning of this podcast has been in the works for about four years now. And it all started one summer day in downtown Billings, Montana in 2017. I was meeting my dear friend, Alan, for lunch. Alan and I had just recently become friends at this time. He was um, my advisor for my master's degree at MSU Billings, and we had just recently met to start figuring out a path for my master's. And we sit down, and uh, we, we become friends pretty instantaneously in his office, and we decide to carry our friendship over out of the professional realm of MSU Billings. And so on this summer day in 2017, we're meeting at um, this beautiful little joint called, uh, I've just said joint twice, talking about places in downtown Billings. I'll try and avoid that from here on out. We're meeting at this little cool place called Pug Mahones in downtown Billings, Montana. And if you don't know what Pug Mahones is, it's no longer around, but it's this old, it, it used to be this Irish pub where they would just, they had low lighting and they had just amazingly awesome, greasy Irish food and they had... Uh, just a great vibe to him. And it was a great place to hang out. And so Alan and I are meeting down there uh, for lunch one day uh, to just talk and and build out this thing called friendship. And so I, I want to start by telling you a little bit about Alan because he is the most magnificent human I've ever met. Um, I'll start with this detail about him. Um, I don't have the best relationship with my father, my biological father, because of some decisions I think we've both made. And so I'm actually going to talk about that in a few episodes. But um, I've actually asked Alan to be my adopted father. And so when I talk to Alan now, I literally just call him dad. And um, like when I text him, I'll say, hey, dad, how's your day? Or he'll call me and I'll answer and say, hey, dad, how's it going? And so we've just developed this really, really close bond that for me feels like a father-son. And so Alan is this magnificent human, like I said, who 
is, is in my opinion, an expert at getting to know people. Uh, one of the things that he is so hammered into me in my social studies education is everyone has a story and they all matter. And so Alan is just this like perfect person who's the, the greatest party guest ever. So you take him literally anywhere and he's going to start making friends with people, whether it was, you know, the, whether it's the grocery store or, you know, a car wash or walking down the street, Alan is just going to be so great with people. And there's three things that makes Alan really great. Uh, the, the three things are he's a listener, he's an asker, and he's a connector. And so because of his social studies background, he really loves stories. And so he's always listening to you and he's just intently dialed in on who you are as a human, making eye contact and uh, feeling connected to you in, in his um, you know body language and his gestures and his eyebrows and his smile and his laughter and his curious hums and haws that he's, he's such a good listener. And as he's listening, it's like you can see it in the back of his brain just cranking away all the questions he wants to ask. He would actually probably interrupt you every chance he had to ask question after question. But because he's such a good listener, he's waiting for the right time to ask the best question. So while he's listening to you, he's finding the best place to break in and ask questions. And then he's just asking more and more and more questions till you find yourself being the one talking for two hours, and he's just asking questions. And in the midst of that, he's also doing this cool thing in his brain where he's connecting. And what he's doing is he's connecting the ideas that you share and the feelings you have and the stories you've told to all these other things he's experienced. And he's not a one-upper at all. He's just simply trying to connect all the dots of the human experience at all times and make it all make sense, like a true social studies teacher should be. And he's, he's just incredible. And while he's connecting, he's telling you about books he's read and articles he's read and movies he's watched and people he's talked to and, and trying so hard to connect this whole human experience of his to yours. And so that's what Alan is like. And so in the summer of 2017, we're sitting at Pug Mahone's and we're having lunch and we're sharing pints of beer and pork chop sandwiches. And we get to the place in the conversation where he's doing his classic listening, asking, and connecting. And I'm not entirely sure what I said that day, but something stirred within Alan for him to abruptly stop me in the middle of conversation and ask a question that I think would change me to this point in my life especially, it's been almost four years. Um, but he asked the question, he said, Seth, do you like yourself? And I don't know how often we get asked that question, maybe by a therapist or maybe someone who is close to us and, and able to connect to us in a certain way. But he stops me and asks me this question, Seth, do you like yourself? And I mean, if I were to ask you that question right now in this moment, there's a myriad of answers, right? There's a yes, there's a no, there's a maybe that's, well, it's circumstantial, it's moments, it's, you know, how do I feel about myself that day? Am I hydrated? Did I get good sleep? You know, uh, how much money is in my bank account? What was the last thing I said to my, you know, significant other? How did I treat it? There's just so much going on in that question of do you like yourself? And I remember very vividly um, sitting in that moment and my answer to him was no. It was no because I don't think at the time I did like myself. There's this, 
I think this block that's been in my heart, mind, soul, whatever the hell you want to call it, that has really been full of self-loathing my whole life. And so, I mean, at the time, I said no. I told Alan no. And Alan just, um, with very kind eyes and uh, a soft, gentle demeanor, looked at me and said, Seth, I really like you. He said, I didn't start liking myself until I was in my 50s. He said, please start liking yourself before then. The conversation rolled on into some other things. Um, you know, we left Pug Mahones and walked outside of the sidewalk where the conversation continued for another 20 minutes because that's what all good conversations do over a meal, right? You leave the meal and you continue on the sidewalk for 20 more minutes and until you either decide to go get another drink somewhere or call it a day. And so Alan and I parted ways that day and I drove home that afternoon with this question hanging over me. Seth, do you like yourself? And almost four years later, um, sitting down here in the basement of the house I live in with a microphone and a headset, and I think it's time that I start to process some of those things. Because almost four years later, I can say that Alan started a, a momentum in my mind of me starting to ask that question and to kind of start liking myself. And I think that this podcast is some of that processing of some of the experiences I've had and some of the things that I've gone through to look back on and understand the kind of person that I've become. And I want to start liking myself more and more. And I think I, I think I do like myself more from that day in 2017. And it's always interesting to me because I think when I had, if I were to think about that question in regards to the people I like, which is a lot of people, when I find out other people don't like themselves, I'm baffled and surprised, and I try and encourage them in the liking of themselves. My good friend Larry, um, shortly after that conversation with Alan, he was talking to me about, we were talking about self-love, because I think Larry has some of the same tendencies I do of self-loathing. And Larry looked at me and he said, he said, said something so fascinating. He said, Seth, I could rattle off a large number of people that like you, but you don't like you. And he said, either they're all lying or you are. And those were the exact words, but you get the gist where he's like, other people like you, why can't you like you? And so I think this podcast is part of that exploration of this thing called self-love and an exploration of my own soul and my ideas and my experiences and to put them out there to invite other people into because I really believe that we're more alike than we are different as humans. And so for me to put my experiences and thoughts and ideas out there maybe invites you into a conversation about you and maybe helping you like yourself also because I think it's a tendency we all have sometimes to not like ourselves or not like parts of ourselves. And so four years ago, Alan gets this ball rolling and it's evolved from the question of Seth, do you like yourself into some other things too. The, the next question I ask myself is at this point in my life, what does my soul need? And the soul is a really weird thing, right? Because the soul, it, it, it can be a very religious term or a non-religious term or our consciousness or whatever it is. And so I don't mean to 
make it more loaded than it sounds, but I think naturally the word soul just contains a lot of components that can be weird for us. But I guess in the context of me using what does my soul need, I think my soul, whatever my soul is, (laughs) just needs a place to create. Um, I've been a public speaker for a lot of my life, and I've found that there's a lot of ego involved in that, involved in that. And I noticed that I turned my public speaking platform um, when I was a pastor, more about that in another episode, into a place to process my thoughts and my emotions. And I don't know if that was always the healthiest thing or the best thing for the people that were trusting me for spiritual guidance, but it's what I did. That my my weekly sermon talk became a processing of my own emotions and thoughts and, and ideas and experiences and I need a place to create that again. And so the last couple of years, there's been this conversation with friends like Matt, Larry, Alan, and some others of this thing called a podcast, putting some ideas out there to process the experiences and ideas of my soul, my life. And I really want to get back to a place of just creating something that is worthwhile. I, I think, I think, I don't know, but I think we're all creators in some way. Um, and, and that creation, um, is essential to our humanness. Um, I have a friend named Russ who I get to hang out with once every couple months. He's a pretty busy guy, but every time I I catch his time, we sit down and talk for a couple hours and Russ and I were at coffee one morning and, and he made this statement that really blew me away. He said, when we create, And when we are creators, it's the closest thing we get to divinity. And uh, that for me was really powerful because what I've found lacking in the last couple years of my life is this ability to create. And I guess if me creating means putting sitting on front of a mic and putting some ideas out there, then that's what I'm going to do. I was listening to an interview with the comedian Bill Burr, and he said something really fascinating to me where he said, he started stand-up comedy and started doing it um, without any intention of ever drawing huge crowds. He started doing stand-up comedy with the intent of creating and expressing his ideas and processing life. And hearing him say that, that his goal wasn't to draw in these massive crowds of people and make money doing it, gave me a little nudge, I guess you could say, that this was something that I wanted to do to sit down in front of a microphone every now and then and throw some ideas out there and talk about my life and ask a lot of questions and invite people into those questions and process my ideas and my emotions and the things that have made me Seth Hirschkorn to this point. And so my soul really needs to create and my soul really needs to express. And I think my soul really needs to invite other people into ideas also I love conversation and I love ideas and I love reflection and it's one of the reasons I became a teacher is to invite young people into that and especially social studies because I feel so much freedom in this area of study to invite people into thought and into exploring themselves and wrestling with the past and, and thinking about who we are as humans in the midst of that. And so some of my hope for this is that you would listen and pull some ideas and it would find its way into 
some of your conversations and some ways in you in which you reflect on your humanness and who you are as an individual. And so I want to create and I want to express and I want to invite you in. And then there's one really last weird reason that I'm doing this and it's very much tied to what my soul needs. And when I say it, it's going to sound weird and I get it if you want to shut the podcast off at that point and walk away. Um, but I'm not going to shy away from my honesty because I found that honesty has been the most important thing for me in the past five years of my life of becoming more human, becoming more whole and leaning more into the relationships in the world around me. And so the, the weirdest reason I think I'm doing this, and again, I, I'm not sure how this is going to sound coming out of my mouth, but I just don't think I'm done being a pastor. And I think the word pastor, much like the word soul, contains a lot of baggage and a lot of different ideas and thoughts. But here's where I'm at with this word pastor. Um, I'm going to unpack this more in like two or three episodes, but I I used to be a pastor. Um, I was um, a full-time pastor at a big church uh, in Billings, Montana. And I absolutely loved working through life with people. Um, I actually told my therapist just this week, I haven't felt a sense of duty and purpose in the world since I left being a pastor because my job was so full of being in the lives of people and creating conversation and wrestling through ideas and working through problems and honestly just creating an environment where we can all look at each other and say, me too, to say that we're in this thing together. And, and my therapist months ago said something interesting to me because of this, you know, lack of self-love and trying to figure out who I am. She said, Seth, it, it seems like you did such a good job pastoring other people and helping them work through their lives. Why can't you pastor yourself? And so I think there's a unique part of this, that this is me pastoring myself for the world to listen to which is a really weird thought. And I don't know how that sounds in your ears coming out. And if it hits you weird, I'm sorry. I don't have better language for it right now. Um, but with that word pastor, I want to say that this is not explicitly Christian because I'm not a Christian anymore. And so that's why the word pastor is weird and the idea of pastoring myself and inviting people into ideas because I don't think I... I I, I, I don't know how you approach the word pastor without tying it to some sense of like Christian religion. But for me, the word pastor can be separated. That the word pastor is someone who wants to help others think. Um, someone that wants to help others process. Someone that will help wants to do those things alongside other people. And I guess this is my attempt. And maybe that's all it is. Maybe that's all this is, is some weak-ass attempt to pastor myself and invite people into ideas, but this is what I've got and this is where I'm at. That 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 I'm, I guess, returning to the place of wanting to be a pastor and this is how I want to do it. And that is really odd. And I know that sounds odd coming out because I know with it comes a lot of ideas of you're wrong, 
that's not right. That's not what that means. That doesn't make sense. I know. But like I said, it's the best language I have for a lot of this. And so I guess what I'm asking of you, the listener, is if you've got time, energy, and you want to click play sometimes, I want to invite you into some of my experiences and I want to wrestle through thoughts and ideas with you. And my hope is that uh, it brings some goodness to your life. Because if it doesn't, don't don't listen. <laughs> I'm I, that might take big shots at my ego and make me feel like a worthless thing. But this is one giant experiment for me to put myself and some ideas and some thoughts out there and to invite people into them with me to talk and to think and to wonder about who we are as humans and our place in the universe and our place in relationship to each other and all the things that come with it. And at the end of the day, I guess my hope is maybe I like myself a little more and maybe you pull something from this too. So that's what this is. One giant experiment for me. And I hope this experiment pays off for my own soul. And I hope for some of you out there, it might pay off for your soul too. So um, I guess a little teaser of what's coming next after this episode is going to be a three-part series called The End of Act One. And it's about some things that I tied my life to very deeply that all got destroyed and went away. And left me a very broken human trying to figure out what's next. I hope these words find you well. I hope you're doing well. Um, I'm excited for where this takes me. So I promise not to use the word joint. I'm talking about establishments in Billings, Montana too much. And uh, I hope to uh, interact with you guys in some way through this. So... Uh, I love you. I really mean that. And I hope you have a great day.